In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. I don't know about you, but I really don't like death. If I were to ask you today to raise your hand if you like death, nobody in this room would raise their hand. If you did, let's talk after service. Death is always such a subject that is hard to talk about. It's hard to even talk to people about planning for death. It's hard to talk to people even in the church at times to say, have you made your funeral plans yet? Well, no, pastor, I'm not exactly planning on kicking the bucket tomorrow. And it gets a little creepy when I sit there and say, well, let's sit down sometime and plan it out. Death stings. Death hurts. Death is not what God actually intended for you and for me. Death literally is literally the separating, the tearing apart of the soul from the body. Never how God intended it for us to be. And death has affected each and every one of you in this place. If it hasn't been something you've seen and witnessed over the last two years, it's maybe hit home a little bit harder with your family members, maybe even some of those whom you lost this past year, whether in your family or here in the church. And this is why we come here today on All Saints Day. We come here today as Christians. We come here today as Christians who believe that there is a remedy to death. Everybody outside there looks at us and says that we're crazy, we're nuts, we're a bit kooky because we believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God and our Savior. People out there look at us and say, you can hold on to your dead myths and your dead letters in the Bible. You can hold on to those things about your supernatural Jesus, your divine Jesus, your great example, your hero of your faith. We don't buy it. And everybody out there, maybe even some of you in here, can come up with all sorts of great examples about how Christianity and the Christian faith doesn't make sense. We just don't see people rise from the dead. You don't go out to the cemetery and see people pop up out of the ground. We don't have miraculous things like virgins giving birth to a child. We don't see people walking on water or changing water into wine, although that might be kind of nice. And so the world looks at this and says, what's this all about? This doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It doesn't even mean anything is rational in your life. But I would dare say that in all of this, it all boils down to what we celebrate today with the fact that Christ is risen from the dead. Alleluia, Christ is risen from the dead. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. It's November, Pastor. We haven't even gone through Lent. But this is true. Pick apart every little thing about Jesus and his life. Pick apart every little thing that Jesus talks about in the scriptures and shows to us. And when it comes down to the subject of death, every mouth seems to be stopped. Why? Because death is the great equalizer. 
It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how you identify in this world. It doesn't matter what neighborhood you live in. It doesn't matter what your 401k looks like. It doesn't matter whether you're red or blue this coming Tuesday. Christ comes and shatters death. Christ come and comes and says, it doesn't matter how much you have made a name for yourself in this life. It doesn't matter how much wealth you have. He who dies with the last toys does not win, with the most toys, does not win. You have a grave waiting for you, and so do I. And death will swallow you and I up just as it has so many of our family members and friends and loved ones. Whether it's been recent or maybe it's been decades gone by, it still hurts. It still stings. How many of you would love to see your husband or your wife or your mother, your father, your grandparents, maybe even your children or grandchildren walk back into your lives again and embrace you and hold your hand and speak to you? I've often thought about that, and I'm sure you have as well. And this is what Jesus says today for us that he has overcome the sharpness of death, the sting of death. He has overcome it all for us. No matter what the world might say outside of this place concerning death, they have no solution. Some people will say, well, when you die, you just simply live on by the memories that people have of you. But how many of you remember your great, 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 great grandmother? How many of you know anything about them? Yes, I know, you can go on to one of those fancy websites and look up genealogy and learn about these things, but you never sat down and talked with them. You never ate any of their cooking. You never talked to them about the weather or anything else like that. You did not have a relationship with them. If this life is just simply to be lived on by the memories that people have of you, those are fleeing and far away. There's some stuff I don't even remember about my own dad that my siblings often tell me about. And, oh, yeah, I remember that. If this is somehow that we are going to be reincarnated, becoming human being once again, how many of you want to take another several laps around the sun in this life? How many of you want to go through the economic woes, the political woes? How many of you want to go through another pandemic? How many of you want to go through another life that, like you and I have lived, full of the pain and sorrow, the joys and the suffering? There might be things that you would enjoy again. I know I certainly would as well. But for us, at the forefront in our lives are all of the pain, the suffering, and the sorrow. All of the sins, the things that you've done the thing that you deserve death for. And not only that, if that isn't bad enough, the things that people have done against you. The words, the violence, the rumors, all of those things that have been done against you as well. Jesus tells us today that in the midst of all of these things, you are blessed that doesn't mean that you have to act a certain way to be blessed. You are blessed because you are in Christ. Who are these, we heard in Revelation? Who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? These are the ones who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That's it right there for you and for me. 
in the book of Revelation for all to hear and to see. As you've heard me speak when we went through the book of Revelation, and I'll tell you again today, that book is not there to scare the pants off of you. It's to give you great comfort that you are in communion in the mystical body of Christ and with all of the faithful who've gone on before us. These are the ones, the sainted ones, the righteous ones who've been baptized in the Christ, your grandparents, your parents, your children, your grandchildren, your friends who have perished in this world but now live with Christ in the fullness of glory. We feebly struggle. How many of you did that this week? Yeah. They in glory shine. Today we do not celebrate the best of the best or those who've done such great and heroic acts in the same name of Jesus. Those are called saints too. We celebrated St. James the Just a couple weeks ago. They're important and they have their own days, but you and I are saints as well. Today we remember the work of Jesus, the great work of his death and his resurrection for you. His heroic work that has made you and I his saints. And even as the kids pointed out, it's not about how good or bad you are. That's the struggle we have. The struggle with sin. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But today, you and I, in the midst of everything that we see out there, in the midst of all the chaos and craziness, Jesus has called together you, his holy ones, his saints into his place. For you and I have been knitted together into the one holy communion, into the one church, the one body of Christ. And not only are you meeting today on November, what's the date, 6th? Yeah, at whatever time it is. Somebody's keeping time, I'm sure. In Little Rock, Arkansas, where the weather's pretty nice, but you are also gathered together with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. Right there. Right there as you come to the Lord's Holy Supper in Holy Communion, all of your loved ones who have gone on before you are here with you today, seated around the Lamb and His kingdom, which has no end. Do we believe this? Do you believe that you are truly a saint? Actually, you have to believe it because we cannot see it. Quite frankly, I often don't act like a saint, and neither do you, but that's where we live in, in the true paradox that we are true saints, but also true sinners. So how can you or I, as a sinner, claim to be a saint? It's very simple. Very, very simple. We're going to take the offering in a few moments, and those who give the most money today... We have a logbook, and it's on the computer. No! You are a saint today because Jesus says so. Blessed are you. Blessed when, because when you have done nothing and claimed nothing, you have Jesus' forgiveness and his righteousness, his spirit, his obedience, his perfection, his sacrifice, his life, his blood, and yes, 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 even his faith and his name are given to you. So as true saints, we don't look to ourselves and say, look at the check I'm putting in. 
or look at how I'm volunteering for this, that, or whatever else. We don't look at ourselves at all. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And Jesus says today, blessed are you. That is even what John says today in our epistle. 1 John 3, all-time favorite passage. I actually have a needlepoint of it in my office if you want to see it. Somebody in Milwaukee made it for me. It's lovely. But I love this because this tells you and I now who we are. Beloved, we are God's children now. Now. Not hopefully, not yesterday. You are God's beloved children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But he says again, you are God's children now. His dearly beloved, even if you don't look like it to the eyes of the world, or even in your own eyes, you are in the eyes of Jesus the only one that matters, for you are the one that he has shed his blood for. In holy baptism, he has made you his child. And so he looks at you differently than the rest of the world. And that's why John says, see what kind of love the Father has that he's given to us. Or has some translations that say, look at what he has lavished upon us. That you would be called the children of God. And there it is again, we are. It's not might be. It's not I hope to be. It is right here, right now. Called as children of God, not just in words, but in the reality of your baptism. You are new. You are beautiful. No matter what the world says of you, you are a saint. For in baptism, your sins, your ugliness, your imperfection are all drowned and washed away and forgiven. And you are now holy. And if you're holy, you are a saint. How many of you, when you get online, looking for an answer, looking for a solution, get frustrated? Because when you do the miraculous Google search, you're not finding the results that you want right away. How many of you, when you get on your phone and are trying to type in a GPS route or whatever else it is, how many of you sit there and get so frustrated because that little circle keeps going on the screen. And you're so terribly frustrated because your phone is shooting something to space. And then it's supposed to come back from space to your phone. And you wish you would have had this five minutes ago. What's the matter with this thing? This thing is terrible. There's no Wi-Fi here. These people must live in a cave. What's the big deal? We live in a day and age where everybody wants the answers and solutions now. Don't we? Right here, right now. We saw this with the pandemic. What do we do? Let's type up on Google and see. And there's a myriad of answers, and we know that they didn't all respond the same way. The beauty of what you have laid before you in your lap today are these words from 1 John 3. You don't have to sit there and see on Google or some list that somebody compiles 
whether or not you are a saint of God. You don't even have to wait for that answer on the day that you close your eyes for the last time. You are given this now. No delay. No list that you have to compel God to somehow look upon you. No perfection coming from you but just a faith wrought by the blood of Jesus Christ poured out freely for you, so strong, so powerful, so amazing that there is no time or delay that you need to know whether or not you're in. You are a child now. So that whether this is the day that I continue to live on or whether this is the day that death comes along and says, it's your time. I'm a child of God because of that font. And so are you. Beloved, what kind of love has the Father lavished upon us that we are the children of God and so we are now? You are a family. And you cry and you mourn over the loss of the loved ones who have gone on before you. But we rejoice because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And death is not the end. The resurrection of the body and the life everlasting is the end. When Christ will call your loved ones and you out of your tomb. And guess what? You will see your loved ones, your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren. You'll see your family members, your church members. You will see them face to face in the flesh. Never to die again. Never to cry again. Never to hunger or thirst anymore. Because the lamb in his kingdom is in our midst. And until that day, we say, as we're going to say in a few weeks with, Amen, with, with uh, Advent, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. Let's get this party started. But you are not left out in the cold either. As you come to this table today, you have a foretaste of that blessed feast that is to come. A blessed feast where nobody can number the people where everybody from all nations, tribes, peoples, and languages are, where there is no more persecution, hardship, pain, or sadness, but simply the Lamb and His kingdom, which has no end. Death stinks. But according to Jesus, we can say, Death, you have no power over me. Grave, there is no victory over me. For the tomb is empty and Christ is here now for you to give you what you do not have, to raise you to life, to make you his saint so that you may be reunited with those people we're going to list in a few moments in our bulletin and the great, 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 great grandparents and everybody else in between. That you may know that as you live in a world of death, you live now and forever. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.